0: and understanding how today fits into your future calling is that you never know how God will use the skills you learn now. I disobeyed God and I went to school for engineering. Doing that, I learned some problem-solving skills that I probably never would have learned otherwise. And although that was maybe on his timeline, maybe it might look like a waste of time, Those are skills that I learned that the Lord is going to use. You know, I work for the grounds department with Connor Waters. Good job, Connor Waters. Yeah. And there are all all kinds of situations where we have to figure stuff out. And had I not had that training before, I don't know if my mind would have been set to, to think that way. What would have been a setback, God used those skills to do something in me. A biblical example of this is when you look all the way back in Genesis 6 and you see the story of Noah, right? I mean, first off, how would it feel to be the only righteous person on the entire planet? Like, the pressure of that alone? Ridiculous. Noah's the only dude that God can go to and listen to. That's a lot of pressure. I'm glad I'm not there. (laughs) I can be flawed and you can be flawed and we're fine. But to be the only righteous guy on the entire planet? Ridiculous. Anyways. So Noah heard from God, and God says to Noah, it's going to rain, build a boat. Um, Up until this point, there's speculation that it may have not rained yet, that maybe the earth was was, um, saturated with moisture through this canopy that fed it. Um, But anyways, Noah's here, and and God tells him to build a boat because water's going to fall from the sky, and he's just supposed to listen and do this. So he does it, right? He listens. I don't think, I don't think I kinda quite have that faith yet, just to be like sitting there and God tells me to do something crazy, absolutely ridiculous, and just like, yep, sure, sounds good, I'll do it. I wish I had that, and maybe Elam can train us to do that. But, um, but he didn't just leave Noah there alone, right? He didn't just say, all right, build a boat. You've never done it before. Good luck. Hopefully it floats. You know, maybe that'll be good. Maybe you'll survive. No, he gave him all the tools he needed to do it. He gave him all the measurements, and he gave him help with his family to build it. He gave him the, the tools and the skills he needed to do it, and he prepared him for it. And then it rained, and he had the boat, and he was good, and humanity got to continue on. Thanks, Noah. God doesn't just set you up with random things in the future and expect you just to know how to do it. He prepares you for it. And one of the hard things about understanding how your future fits in today is knowing how today fits into your future. Again, it, it might be a bit confusing, but the skills you're learning today, although to you, might not make any sense. Maybe, maybe you're out there scrubbing toilets for your SOS, and you're like, why? I never need to do this. I'm a man. I'm just going to make my wife do it when I get married. That's not how that works. I always clean the toilets, okay? If you're thinking that way, you're in for a rude awakening, But no, maybe in the future you're serving at some orphanage in Africa and there's no one on staff and it's only you. But because you knew how to clean well, you can take care of that building God has given you. You never know how the skills that you're learning today will affect you in the future. God has a plan and you're in line with it. So cherish those moments. Understand how your skills today affect the future. When you know your today's circumstances is preparing you for tomorrow, all those lessons are so much more clear. The second point in understanding how your, your today fits the future is cherishing your opportunities. I just mentioned SOS, right, which is not a lot of fun, especially if you're the snow removal crew and you have to get up at 4 a.m. and go out there when you'd rather sleep. I know it sucks. But God can use that. He can use those skills that you're working to. And above that, it's an opportunity for you to grow in character, you're given this this thing to do 2 hours a week whatever and maybe you also have a work study you don't have to dread going there every time even if you hate it it's an opportunity for you to grow in character to prepare you for what might be coming in the future you know maybe now you're just in charge of like organizing the mailroom you're like why why would I, this doesn't make sense to me why do i have to suffer this way no one else has ever had to organize papers like i do because God's going to use that. You don't know how. Maybe I don't know how. But anything you're doing now, God can use in the future. One thing for me that I hated uh, was working for Amazon. During the time, the three years I spent back home with my family, supporting them and building them up, I worked the graveyard shift for Amazon. And it sucked a lot. Uh, the working conditions are absolutely terrible and they expect a lot of you. It was horrible. Every day I went in there, I was like, I don't want to be here. I want to go home. I'm tired. But the Lord had a plan for that. I met people there that would never have approached me on the street, that I would never have seen. I don't know if you know this, but the night shift warehouse workers are a different breed. (laughs) And they're not just going to walk into church and say hi to you and just, that gives you your opportunity. But because God had set me up in a position where I had to go there and do this job, I had an opportunity to meet people that never would have talked to me. I made friends with people there, people I was still in contact with. And I was able to share the love of God with a rough crowd that never would have approached me. You have no idea how your opportunities today can work out. The Lord has a plan, and he wants to use you. you're also given opportunities for friendship all over the place, all the time. Um, For me, one of the things about coming here to Elam, um, and I was so excited for, was I'm going to meet all kinds of other crazy kids that are passionate about God. People that have responded to the call of God in their lives are stepping out and following that. And I was so excited to do that. And when that was cut off for me, and I wasn't sure when I would be coming here, I was devastated. But I didn't have to come to Bible school to find people like that because maybe our track is coming here and studying, but someone else heard the call of God, and they're just already on the streets, and they're walking, and they're preaching, and I had the opportunity to meet people like that, serving with local churches um, during that time. I was able to meet with friends that I'm still connected to today that doing all kinds of things, and I didn't have to come here to find them. And that's the thing, when you're cherishing your opportunities, you're going to find people and places that you weren't expecting. One of those people is my wife. Three years ago, oh, three years before I came here to Elam in 2017, I was single, and I thought I was always going to be that way. I had understood that the the call God has on my life was a hard one. Serving overseas as a missionary, that's what he has for me, I know. And that he specifically wants me to go to places that are kind of tough. And to me, I thought there's no way I could ever bring a family into that. There's no way I could bring someone I love into that. How could I protect them? How could I take care of them? But the Lord already knew. And in those three years between when I was supposed to come, when I thought I was supposed to come here and when I actually did, God trained me, taking care of my brothers and my family, to change from just someone who liked to have fun and studied the gospel uh, to a man of God who could actually take care of a family. And because of that, my wife noticed me. I, I've known my wife for a long time. I am um, actually best friends with her younger brother. In my defense, I didn't know it was a violation of the bro code to date a good friend's sister. Um, I do now. Uh, I didn't know then. And, uh, yeah. But um I have been best friends with her younger brother for a very long time. Uh, We got into all kinds of beautiful trouble together. And uh, she saw all of it. (laughs) But during that time that I thought was a setback, that there's no way God could take something out of this, he had used to train me. and, And because of that, who I was changed. And that's when she was like, oh, he's all right. Had, had I not had that setback or to stay in Pennsylvania instead of coming here, I never would have had the opportunity to connect with my wife in that way, you know, to develop a deeper friendship with her, and then what eventually led to us getting married. And she's crazy. I mean, I thought I would have to protect my family if I went out there, but I am fully aware that she is the one who will be doing the protecting. I'm all right with that. I will carry the baby. She can fight off the anacondas. It's Okay. A little side story, Uh, when I was in Peru this last uh, summer, uh, this lady was guiding us through the jungle. Uh, This has nothing to do with this, it's just a fun story. (laughs) She was guiding us through the jungle and she had a baby on her hip that she was nursing and she was guiding us through the jungle from one village to another village and this snake came across in this water area we're supposed to walk through and without a beat she pulls out her machete, still nursing her baby, and beats this thing to death kicks it to the side, and just continues walking through. <laughs> like, like nothing. <laughs> and I'm certain my wife could do that. <laughs> Man. But yeah, you never know the opportun- what your opportunities today are going to be, you know? If you're cherishing your opportunities, you're looking at the world around you like, what do I have going on? How can this work? If you really focus on that, instead of being, God, why am I not already over there? Lord, I know you've called me to be a pastor. Why am I not already at the pulpit preaching? It's because he's got something else for you. So look at your situation now, from where you are now. Look around. What, what do you have to do? There's opportunities in your life that you should be taking hold of. One of those is developing relationships with mentors and elders in your life. When I was young, I thought that I just, if I just had a good group of friends with me, that's it. That's all I needed. It would be good. We'd figure it out together. But I I hadn't understood the value of a life devoted to ministry. But here at Elam, we have a lot of men and women that have spent their lives serving Jesus. They have so many answers for us. We have such a wealth of knowledge in our faculty and staff, and we can easily tap into that. You know, ask the hard questions in class that you're afraid are going to sound silly. They're going to answer you, maybe now or maybe later. But they have the answers. Take your professor to lunch or something, speak with them. The local church you're attending, there's people there who love God so much and they're just waiting for you to say hi. And they'll input that information right into you and you get to have that. Invest in mentors and elders, you won't regret it. Cherish your opportunities. The third point in understanding how today fits your future calling is trusting in God's timing in your life. Now, this is a really hard one. uh, Because we as humans look at a clock and we know that there's only 24 hours in a day. So if in the morning God says, I'm going to give you bread... And it's 11.58 in the evening. and You haven't had bread yet. You're like, God, how could this happen? There's two minutes left. He's going to do it in his timing when he's ready. A biblical example of this is Abraham, right? God audibly spoke to Abraham and called him out of where he was supposed to be. He said, go. And he went, I will make you a father of all nations and he just kept getting older and older and older and he still didn't have any kids i have to imagine that abraham was thinking to himself god how could you possibly make this work no biology a little bit not going to work and then he and his wife came up with a scheme that would expedite this process And get him to be the father of all nations that he was supposed to be. And he took his own route in his own timing. And that's where Ishmael came from. Ishmael then became the father of a different nation. And to this day, Israel, the nation through Isaac, is suffering for the consequences of that decision. There's all kinds of unrest in the Middle East that's related to that. The descendants of Ishmael arguing and fighting with the descendants of Isaac. Abraham had thought he knew better than God's timing. He thought he could make a way that would be convenient and easy for him when he wanted it to happen. And look at the consequences of that. Now, I'm, I'm happy that I don't have that kind of calling in my life to be a father of nations, Uh, because, man, the pressure. Uh, Yeah, don't want that. Another example from the Bible that we can take from is Jesus himself. When he was tempted by Satan in the wilderness, a lot of things happened. And the devil was tricky, and he used that to grab him in many different ways. But one of the ways was when Satan took Jesus on top of the temple and looked out, the whole world and he's like Jesus if you bow down to me I'll give you all of this but there's stuff in that, that you don't quite notice when you first read it it's that Jesus was supposed to get all that anyways he's going to go through the cross he's going to die for our sins and he'd become the king of over all the earth all of these things would be given to him in the Lord's timing when the Lord had already ordained for it to happen But Satan came forward and offered an easier solution. Like, you don't actually have to die, you know. You don't have to suffer. I'll just give it to you all now. You don't have to go through all the problems. But Jesus knew that the Lord's timing, God's timing, was better. He knew that by going through what he had to go through, it would save all of us. And he trusted that what the Father had from him was good. When we try to jump over the Lord's timing and try to make it our own way, bad things happen. And I'm not saying God can't turn around a mistake we made. We all know he can. But when you trust that he might know what he's doing as the creator of the world, that he might have a plan that makes sense as the all-knowing, omnipotent Father, that he might have the power to make what he told you is going to happen, happen? When you trust in him, how freeing is that? You don't realize the kind of pressure you put in yourself when you think, God's called me to be a preacher and I have to make that happen. Now, there's something on you that says you have to study and you have to prepare. But not all of that weight is on you. The Lord's timing is there and he's going to make you into what he has called you to be. Trust in that trust in that for me i had thought in 2017 elam was going to be that's where i was going to come come through here that was the timing it made sense it was clean it was easy um, and i was prepared for that but the lord had different plans and i'm so glad he did because had i come in 2017 i probably wouldn't have met almost any of you you know the school is a little bit different then than it is now and some of the professors that we have now we didn't have then And I probably would never have met them. But the Lord knew all that. So even though my circumstance was terrible and what I had to go through I didn't expect to ever have to go through, the Lord had a plan through it all. And after three years, when I did end up coming here to Elam in 2019, I got to meet all kinds of people that I never would have met otherwise. The Lord knows what he's doing. Even if you don't think he does, he does Your training is not over. Your actions today are going to affect your future. They are. His plan is utilizing that. Maybe it's scrubbing toilets. Maybe it's putting out the food in the dining hall. You know, maybe it's staying up all night catching up on your reading that you definitely have been doing all semester. But he's got plans. And when you pay attention, and you understand that those skills you're learning are affecting the future, it changes your mindset too. You go from being like, God, why do I have to suffer this, to understanding that there's a purpose for it. When you cherish your opportunities, and you're actually looking around at what's going on around you, instead of trying to focus so far on what's in front of you, you're going to see things. You're going to see elders and mentors in your life that can change you. You're going to see friends You're going to see opportunities to serve. They're going to prove your character and mold you into the man or woman of God he's creating you to be. And when you understand that his timing is good, all that pressure is off you. If you stand with me, I'd like to pray for you guys. Lord, we thank you that you are in control. Lord, we thank you that What your plan is, is better than anything we could come up with. And Lord, we thank you that even if we mess it up sometimes, you know how to repair it. Lord, I call to you for my brothers and sisters here who are working towards that calling in your life. And Lord, we pray with great anticipation that you would give them the faith and the strength to understand what today means for tomorrow. Lord, would pray that you would work in their lives so that their eyes are open and their blinds are off, that when they study for a test, they don't think it's important. You can make it clear to them why it is. And Lord, we pray for a heart change in all of us, that we might be more willing and open to serve in the ways that we, we don't really want to. Lord, give us, give us that servant leader heart that you expect of us, Lord. Thank you, Lord, in your name we pray. Amen. man thank you enjoy your lunch